wish I could swoop you into my wings But I'm just a songbird outside your window And I wish I could come inside and sit on your table Just spend the morning talking and laughing Really? Well, oh, no, no. so Brian Campos over in Des Moines. Isn't that the Pants Off podcast? Yeah. Yes. Did I did that? that at 8035. But it was... Um, it's it one of his live format ones or whatever. Yeah, and it, it was really cool, but it was like right after or right before a set, and it was like outside, and people were walking right. by. So this is my first time like This is your sitting. first real sit-down in the room, nice and quiet podcast. Yeah. Well, welcome. Great. Dope. Episode I, uh, 20 of the Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast. Yes. We have a special guest today, but first, we'll tell you about my name. My name is Mike Schulte. Mike Schulte. I'm learning how to remember to talk, tell people about who I am. Yes, yes. It's great. The Amazing. infamous Piggy Twisters. Mike Schulte of the Piggy Twisters, Pork <laughs> Tornadoes, and AJ Vans, co-host, Wolf Den Wears, Wolfpack Productions. Yes. How you doing today, bud? Very good, man. It's just been a scramble today, but I'm just so excited to be here. Well, you got a beer in your hand. I got a beer it's now. Three I'm o'clock good. on a Monday. That's so right. Are really it's good. a good day so far. Then, <laughs> well, we got a special guest as always, but I, to me, even more specialer guest Ooh. today because oh. I've been trying to get Uh-oh. this person on the on the podcast for a while because I think she's got a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Elizabeth Moen. I'm going to say of Iowa City. Is that okay? Yeah. Well, I almost it. waved. Yes. <laughs> well, we clap, so yeah. Yes, there, there's like an applause. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Elizabeth? <laughs> Great. Do you go by Liz? Like, yeah, do your friends I, call you Liz? Liz, some people call me Lizzie. Um, Does anyone call you Beth? No, but if they did, it's fine. Isn't Beth Moen <laughs> that um, that announcer on ESPN that does football that everybody hates? Beth Moen? Really? So I don't think you should go by Beth Moen. No, I Nobody should. likes her. I... I rarely find other Moans, and when I do, it's always like exciting, but also like, but <laughs> oh that's wow, me, but that's my family. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. But there are a lot of, I guess there are There's a lot, lot of Moans right? in Eastern Iowa. It's a Moan is a town in Norway. Oh, really? And I think, well, at least my like great great grandpa when he got to Ellis Island. Um, his last name was actually like Torgerson or Torgelson. Oh, he's like, like, we're going to change that. And he was from the town of Moen. And yeah, he got to Ellis Island and was like, fuck, I don't <laughs> like my last name. And so. Or the people at Ellis Island were like, you know, we can't pronounce that. So how about Moen? Yeah. yeah and he was like, mm, okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so that it's not actually my last name, but it is now. It is now. And. Yeah, maybe a lot of people, because a lot of Eastern Iowa is like Eastern or like yeah, Northern European definitely. descent. So, well, and Togol Door wouldn't be very good for like an artist for like no. searchability. <laughs> no. Or maybe people would be like, wow, this Scandinavian artist. Oh my gosh, so, so it's true. No, you she's from Shellsburg. No, play that up. One of the reasons I wanted to bring you on here, um, the, the first time we met was probably like two years ago, maybe. 
Yeah, you and played on a song of mine. I got to play on a song on her album. <laughs> and, and here's what's funny. Like, Luke Tweedy of Flat Black Studios uh-huh. will call me up on occasion and go, hey, somebody needs a drummer. Can you come session? And I remember specifically at that time, I was really busy. He's mm-hmm. like, I need you here tomorrow. I need you here for six hours. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm really busy. But then he, like... You know, when Luke Tweedy says something, I mean, he generally means it. And he's like, no, <laughs> yeah. seriously, like, like Liz Moen is, is amazing. Like, you're going to want to be a part of this. And I'm so, okay. So I went down there and I think we recorded, uh, you, yes. And like Joel, Joel Anderson, I think was there as well. Yeah, he played a 12 string guitar. It sounded awesome. And it was amazing. Cause I met, I got to meet her down there. I got to play on one of her songs and been a fan ever since. Uh, I, I truly think you're one of the best. Uh, vocalists in the state and Thank I think you. you're really going to be um, doing things if, if, if that's what you want to do but that's what we want to dive in today we want to see like what your experience has been and where you want to go with it so we usually start people out with like how, how did you ever find a love for music like was that a, as a young child or, or did that come along later in life yeah like when I was a toddler I was obsessed with the country music network only CMT. because I want, yeah, I, I wanted to watch music videos. Okay, because you couldn't. You're of the generation that didn't necessarily get to watch music videos on MTV. Is that what you're trying to? That kind of came after, but when I was like two or three, right? My like my parents would put on the the like music video, yeah. like just, hour, just and then roll. I would just sit and watch it. Also. I might burp a couple times. I'm gonna try and face away from the mic, but uh, no, we'll we'll edit that out. We won't. We won't. Uh, no, you, I mean maybe I'll try and make them loud on purpose. You know? There you go. Yeah, that's I actually it. can't do that, but I really wish I could. Like you know, some people. It's a gift for some people. It is a yeah. gift. Yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, toddler. I I loved. I was always you know singing and. Uh, You're just kind of fascinated with the the music. <laughs> Yeah, and when I was in fourth grade, I got really, really into Sam Cooke. It was weird. Like, in fourth grade, I was obsessed with the Lizzie McGuire movie soundtrack and Sam Cooke. Really? That's a a very broad uh, spectrum. (laughs) And my... Oh, we were in Target, and I saw a Jimi Hendrix two disc like voodoo child two disc set right. and i was like whoa CDs. that looks cool cds yep. and i got that for christmas really? and then i was obsessed and my grandpa in middle school uh my grandpa on my mom's side is super into like 70s folk music yeah. so i listened to a lot of leonard cohen peter paul and mary and stuff like that with him and for Christmas, uh, I don't remember what year. I was like middle school. They were like, "All right, Liz, your gift is like in the living room yeah. behind the couch," and it was this guitar and like <laughs> no a purple way. case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, then over break, all of my grandparents, well, three of my grandparents were teachers in my school district, yeah. so they would watch us over break. Right, and. Uh, we were sitting around, and I was listening to Suzanne by Leonard Cohen. And boom, 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 boom. And I've, that part of it I, I figured out. You like got your guitar out and figured out how to play it. Yeah, and from then on, oh, I would <laughs> uh, just listen to all of these CDs and... 
not learn how to play the guitar properly, but right. figure out what sounded good. What could I do without knowing what to do? Right. Yeah. That could sound good underneath things. That's why, like, I I feel confident in like my rhythm guitar oh, of course, skills, yeah. uh, and. I'm starting to learn uh, riffing and stuff from Dan Padley. Okay. Um, he's a really great guitarist down in Iowa City. But he's a hot commodity. You're ultimately self-taught, though, then, right? Yeah. I mean, did, did you eventually then go, okay, I need to figure out how to play chords and stuff? And you just and I And I did. It was and, online. Yeah. I, I figured out. Um, I, I saw what tab was, yeah. so I looked up tabulature. And then there was this music camp up at, what is that kind of music school, Northern... Northeastern Iowa, like it's Nordic, like they have. Oh. There's, a, it's a camp, like a. Um, they have. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do know what you're talking about. Uh, there's this Wartburg. No, uh, did I make up that name? Wartburg is a college. It's. Uh, it wasn't Wartburg, but it was kind of. It was like one of those. But anyways, they had a music camp in the summer for like middle schoolers, mm-hmm. and I and I went to it. And I took was it a guitar. Luther College. Oh, it was, I think it was Luther. Summer. Yep. It's a summer music camp, Wartburg College, but there it also said Luther, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was one. I think it's Wartburg. I think yeah. You're right. But I, I went to that um, because my all state camp, Maester oh, Singer. No. It was okay. definitely not all state. We'll, we'll pretend like we know um, what we're talking about. But yeah, it was totally. it was just a camp for kids up at a college, and uh, my. I, I, like I, I heard about it and my parents were like, oh, well, you know, you play guitar and you play it pretty well. So you should, you know, if you want to go to the camp, like we can save up and go to the camp. And I, yeah. and I did. And it was really great. I met a lot of, it was my first time meeting a bunch of like. Almost like-minded. Sort of. Like they were all, it was like all music kids. Yeah. And, it, and there was also a choir a choral aspect to it. So it's yeah. just a bunch of choir kids yeah. hanging out, like some pretty <laughs> nerdy stuff. It was awesome. And I was like, whoa, there are other people like me. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> and But I took a guitar class there, and that was my both favorite and least favorite part because the instructor was teaching us how to, you know, how to play, and I couldn't do it the way he... Was telling us, is it because but I could you had still... kind of already taught yourself in a weird way? Like yeah. you taught yourself the wrong way, ah. kind of, yeah. and, and like you know how to make a you know a C chord a certain way or an F chord or um, you know F how to hard. properly hold your guitar and things that most people do that yeah. way. He was teaching them; yeah. it's the standard way, and it's great. But I just remember feeling awful because I wasn't doing it the right way. But then there were also certain songs that, you know, he would say, play. He gave us the tabulature, and it would, you know, be up here. Like, it, right. were, it would be up on the higher frets yeah. of a guitar. And I didn't feel comfortable doing that, and so I figured out how to play those classical things but lower. Yeah, right. And he was like... All right, that's really cool, that's cool that, that you, you can that. transcribe However. <laughs> that. However, you should be playing it up here. And I understood that, but in the moment I was like, "Oh my gosh, I figured out how to do that really fast." My brain was like really right. stimulated and I was playing it and I thought I was playing it well, but I wasn't playing it the right but, way. But mm-hmm. that's that's almost is that almost like metaphorical to even like your style of 
of singing and songwriting right now is like I don't feel like you're really imitating anyone. I feel yeah, like you're just I, you sort of found a sound that that is just it feels comfortable for you and it works for you, but it's not like mainstream really or or this you're not imitating anyone, you know? Yeah, I think that's <coughs> the goal for I th- well, for hopefully most musicians is to make your own sound, try not to mm-hmm. sound like someone else. Because there are moments where, I mean... Take influences. It's inevitable that probably, except for like, you know, very... There's like this... this There's this fame... Or not famous. What am I trying to say? There's this family band. They were from a super isolated part of the country where they had never heard music right. before. And they somehow people found them and they like recorded the music that this family made. <laughs> but anyways, besides those people, everyone, you've heard, you've heard you've all heard musicians hear music and that's what inspires them to make it. So, you know, there are little things like some people will say like, Oh, I can tell you, you listened to Jimi Hendrix as a kid. And you're like, what? Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, it makes sense. Like some of the chords I like to play, Yeah, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be like, you don't want to sound exactly like, like someone. Like Do you think that's else. the knock on uh, Greta Van Greta, Fleet? Have you heard? Of, <laughs> I was wondering. Have if you heard of the band up. Greta Van Fleet? I have heard that name, but Who? you never heard them. They're they're like young kids. Mm-hmm. What like late teens, early twenties? Yeah, that yeah. sound almost identical to um, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah. Uh, but but like really cool. But it's it's split down the middle. There are people that love them yeah. and are like, this is the best new rock and roll band ever. And there are people that like. Bro, we heard it. We've heard that before. Yeah. It's called Led Zeppelin. We heard I'd that 30, 40 put, years ago. Black I'd rather <laughs> just put Led Zeppelin on than listen to you, you know? Yeah. And that's hard because who who knows with that, I mean, with that band, if did the sound. Did they try to do it? Did or, they yeah. try to do it? Or sometimes, you know, little things are subconscious. Little things, right? Even little, like, there are chord progressions that are very, very popular. Right. They're just standard. Totally. And it just feels good. That's why it's and been And it just done, feels right? good. And I'll be playing, you know, when I'm hanging out with my friends or whatever, and I'll just be, like, kind of strumming my guitar. And I'll be strumming a chord progression of my own song. Right. And then my friend, who's not a musician at all, will be like, oh, my God, is that that one song? And it's like, no, it's my song. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, shit, did I subconsciously do that? And there are some cases where it is so, even if it was just subconscious, it's blatantly like, no, you stole that. And that's when they're lost. When you realize this, you should have stopped, (laughs) you know. But there are also things where... I don't think there's any way anyone could do a lawsuit when it's a, like a, a CFG no, right. chord progression. It's like, yeah, no, Bruce Springsteen didn't make that up. He did it very, very well, <laughs> right. and he still does. But he didn't invent But it. he did not invent that chord progression. <laughs> Correct. Um, but... Well, I heard, I heard a story, and maybe I'm wrong, I heard a story that like you only just started like writing songs maybe like a couple years ago, right? Yeah, like, like I mean, this you're telling us the story about learning the guitar, but I mean, it's it's been a, it hasn't been a long process for you, right? I mean, you picked up the guitar and then all of a sudden said, "Oh, I can play this. I want to write songs." How how did that work out? Um. Yeah. Well, with guitar, I would, you know, in middle school and high school, I would noodle around. Yeah. I would. Um. I wouldn't call what I was doing 
a song. Right. I think some people would. Some people who are very into experimental right. music would be like, Could oh, that, oh was yeah. totally that was song. totally a song. You're like, eh. But it was mostly just me just being like, blah, 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 blah. you know, oh, that sounds cool. And wow. then forget about it forever. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in college, I worked at what's well, now St. Birch, but used to be Atlas. And I was in I haven't been to the, and, to the replacement venue yet. Oh, I forgot about this, but uh, I the summer after high school, my best friend Alex, there was a ta- like th- town three hours away, and he was like, "Oh my god, this town has like an American Idol audition thing." Oh, really? And I was like, "Dude, I you know he's one of the few people who knew I liked to sing and right. play guitar because you weren't and doing anything publicly at this point. No, I was just singing covers in my basement yeah, totally. when I had friends over. I'd be yep. like, and my friend Alex, who he was like, you're real like you. We did show you choir and stuff voice. together. We drove every morning at like six a.m. to choir or show choir or musical practice together because we lived in Shellsburg, but yeah. we'd have to drive to Vinton and." He was like, dude, I'll drive you. I'll drive you to this if you bring your guitar and you just sing a song. And I sang at it, and I, they ended up like, it was this thing where if you win in this small town, like right. you get to go to the Chicago. Then you can thing. go to the Chicago, oh. right. And they, I was supposed to, they were going to let me win, but they found out I was from a town three hours away, so I didn't win. Oh, really? Because it was just for that yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. But we didn't know that, and well, I didn't know at all. I was like, whatever. I just showed up. I don't even want to be here. <laughs> and then my, and then Alex and my mom were super. They were pissed. They were like, "You should have won. You should go to you, like. You should just go to Chicago. Just go it? to Chicago." And I was like, "Whatever." My heart was not in it. No. Because I was like, I was really. I mean, I was so nervous. Obviously, that's why I didn't start songwriting until. A few years ago, but we went to Chicago, and I did it, and I made it to this certain round, right, right. and it was like, well, I made it to a round where I had to go back, Yep. and I was like, all right, cool, whatever, and then I played a Johnny Cash cover, and then they asked me to sing it more like, Oh. No. they asked me to sing like a Lady Gaga song, and I was like, um, I really like her, but I don't really sing pop stuff. Do. Like, I was like, oh, I, I respect pop music, yeah. but I, that's not really what I do. And they were like, oh, they could tell they couldn't mold me. Right away. And so they're like, okay, like, you, you didn't make it. And then I was like, all right, but, fuck that. That's when you yeah. realize it, there, it's never been about who's the best singer. No, it's about it's who's who the best they story, can, yeah. who's the best person they can mold into someone. That's, and that's what they need in to In hindsight, I'm very thankful. <laughs> right? Like, it was something I was kind of, I was thrown into... Because my my friend and my yeah. my mom, you know, they saw the talent that I had in like the basement, yeah. and they wanted to show it, which I I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that I have friends and family who are um, supportive, supportive, because yeah. not everybody has. Like no. I'm, I'm thankful yeah. for that. Um, but also, is probably one of the better things that happened to you to yeah not, to not so go I, further. It on wasn't that. like yeah. a disheartening thing. No. You know what I mean? Like it was like, oh well, they can't. They decided not to go with me. It really turned me off. It, it, <laughs> and I and it really turned me. Off. I thought that was the only side of because I'm from a small town. It was my first thing, my first time seeing the music business. Yeah. So I was like, I don't fuck want, this. Don't I'm gonna keep this. singing in my dorm room because, excuse me, by the second round. 
I was at you, Iowa. You were in college at that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would just sing in my dorm room. My friends who I made in my in my hall, like I would go into their rooms all the time, and everyone would just have me yeah, play, and I loved fun, it. Right? That's They'd be cool. like, "Oh, I love." For example, Bruce Springsteen, and I'd be like, okay, and I then I l- learn yeah. a bunch of Bruce Springsteen yeah. songs for them, and then go into the room and play. Like I loved being the dorm hall jukebox. So, so to, I'm cool. reading you as like, and and I kind I kind of was like that my freshman year too. Like I'm not really a guitar player, and I can barely sing, but it was really fun to just provide entertainment for people at at no there's no cost no one's getting paid it's just fun we're having fun but at what point did it switch though for you from from just a this is fun i do this to well wait a minute maybe maybe i can make a career out of this um well at that point i wasn't even songwriting yet yeah you're just Uh, covering songs so 19 uh, 20 i started working at atlas and one of my coworkers there. Well, all my co- when we were downstairs rolling silverware and stuff, yeah. I would be like humming and shit. Yeah. And one of my friends was like, "There's a place called the Mill." I was like, "Oh, I think I've heard of that. I think I've walked by there." And she was like, "It's a really cool place. They have an <laughs> Did you open do Monday mic. night open mic." Yeah. Yeah. And so eventually, I got the courage and I signed up and I went and like a, all that. The, the, the nice thing about. Working in a restaurant or a bar in Iowa City, or really anywhere, is that all of your coworker yes. friends are going to come yes. if you have a show. You've got an automatic fan base yeah. right there. Ready to go. So they all came. It was really fun. And then... did you Had you written a song at that point? Or were they I were just, just doing covers. covers. Okay, cool. I just showed up, and then at the mill, you get like... Three songs, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And so I sang. It was fun. And then I kept doing it. And then eventually I met some friends... So that kind of opened my eyes to there being a music scene. Yeah. I had no clue. Did you ever go to shows before that? Like Before that, no. I, before that, I was always in my dorm room. I was taking like 20 to 21 classes. semester hours, <sighs> straight A student. Like, wow. That's what I thought that I was, was going to. focus your energy. Yeah, like, I was like, well, I am going to be either a translator or I'm going to be an English teacher in France. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. But then I started, you know, going out. Like I got a fake ID, and I was like, yeah, "Oh, cool! I'm gonna go to the, <laughs> gonna go to the mill. Oh. I'm gonna. There's like these house parties, and then people ask me to play a song, and I love attention. So that's <laughs> great. And I'm kidding, but like not kidding. And, I'm serious, uh, but not but serious. But no, and I just kept meeting people. I kept. And then you meet someone, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm in this band. Oh, we have a show. And then you go to the Games show. Or yacht club and then and you yeah. are like, oh, and then you see this other band. And then you start going to their shows. So I was very in the thick of it when it all kind of yeah. hit me. But then I also made some friends who were writers in the workshop at the time. Oh, right. Through like these like house parties yeah. and stuff. And. I would never like ask to sing. It was always like a right when people were getting bored. Someone would be like, "Oh, Liz can like sing and play guitar like pretty well. She sings she's Johnny like Cash and shit. She doesn't do any Taylor Swift, but Johnny Cash." No. Is and cool. then yeah, I'd yeah. be like, "I mean, yeah, whatever." <laughs> and then I'd do it, and I did that for some of those friends, and they were like, "Do you write your own stuff?" You know, as writers, yeah. they want to know. Oh, of course, that's the first. And question. I was like, "No." Should I? And they were like. <laughs> Oh, like they were still impressed, but not 
at, you know? And right. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I don't. Maybe I should write something. Well, I never did because I was so ner. I, I was so it's nervous. It's easy to hide behind a cover song to be like, I didn't write that. They're two different song. worlds. Like as close as they rub shoulders, they rub shoulders, but it's two different worlds. Like writing it is. and performing and I, songs and writing. And I really loved. Else. Totally. I loved the. I don't. All of a sudden, it hit me. I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't write songs, and that's okay." And then I kind of let that idea simmer. And then my friend, um, I think it was McGurk, she was like, "Hey, I didn't think I was going to be a writer." Yeah. And now I'm in the fucking writers' yeah. workshop. You know. Just sort of happens, right? Like once something within you clicks it happens and then I met someone and it was going well and then it ended and now you had some writing material essentially well I I had never it was my first it was my first like heartbreak right, like right. I had a high school boyfriend yeah, yeah, and we course. broke up but I was the one who I was like oh shit I can't stay in Vinton forever I have to <laughs> like I love you as a person but I can't I like, gotta go I gotta go but this is my first time someone being like, hey, you're really great, but not great enough. I live in L.A. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I kind of let that simmer on top right. of everything. And then one day I wrote a song about um, just that feeling. The first song I wrote was wanting to express something but not knowing how. It's my song. It's called Songbird. And it's about being a bird sitting outside someone's window and being in love with the human in, inside, but you're just a bird. You can't talk to right. them. You want them to come and sit on the tree with you, but, mm -hmm. you know, they're human. They can't yeah. do it. And I wrote that, and I showed it to a couple of friends of mine, and they were like... <laughs> like, like, wait, hold like, on. This is your first song? You've never written a song before? And this is what it is? Like, they were impressed, right? They were like, whoa. And, and I had dabbled with, I wrote, like, a little bit of a song about the idea of me looking at the moon and that person also looking at the moon, even though we're thousands right. of miles away. Right. But it sounded weird, and it, I, I... Did you reprise that on your last album a little bit? That last track? On a million miles away. No, but that is interesting. I never thought that about that. Last track, kind of, kind of similar to that. Yes, sort it of, is. Right? I didn't think about it like that. I'm happy to put the connections together. Thank you. <laughs> that, yeah, the first song was like, "Oh, I'm in Iowa, looking at the moon, and you're in California, looking at the moon, but at least we're looking at the moon." Did not sound like that, but it was basically <laughs> was that's the vibe, right? And yeah, a million miles away. The last song on the last record is. Um, Thank you for pointing that out because I think that shows hopefully some sort of progression in songwriting. Because that you can song, take the same a similar concept, but like make it. Better. But you gotta, yeah. I think that the main thing that I learned from songwriting is at least the kind of songs I want to write. It's either gotta be so blatant, it's gotta be so yeah. blunt that it is attainable yeah. and relatable. Like, I have a song called Watch a Break, and it's like, why don't you love me? I yeah. want to know. The, I mean, there's really no dancing around this. No. This is what the song is about. But then A Million Miles Away uh, is more about, there's this idea where 
each thought you have creates a different universe. Oh, really? And there's uh, they. I was at a planetarium and they because that's the name about, of the track, right? Yeah, yep. How they hypothesize the universe will end, and then it all kind of sounded like how relationships end. Oh, wow. And then I was thinking back on like how thoughts create universes, and I was like, oh, what if? You know, something doesn't work out here, like a universe ends here with someone, you know, kind of fizzles out or it like explodes. But it's still going. But it's still going on somewhere else if you're like thinking about it in a nice way. And then I looked up like some star facts, like to kind of like fit the vibe, which at first I was like, is this too cheesy? Is this too specific? (laughs) But then I realized that. You know, having kind of a theme in songs is good, and having it not be too... Direct. Direct. Having it kind of be talking more about universes right. rather than, right. you know, the breakup itself. Yeah. and Metaphorically. Like, it's talking about the same thing, but it's just Yeah. Different. Or like this... Uh, la- it was almost a year ago, I wrote this song called Time is a Shitty Friend, which is also on that record, and... It never states it, but the song is about time as if time were a person trying to steal your boyfriend or your right. girlfriend or oh, your partner. Yeah. Because, you know, that happens. Like, there's, like it's not just time someone else that is going to take someone away from you. It's other things, too. And, yeah, I think, you know, a little, like, over three years ago when I realized... I could express myself through not only like playing my guitar, like playing my guitar was very cathartic. Yeah. But then when I was able to write something with it, it takes it to the next level. It took right? it to a different level, and then all of a sudden, it if anyway, if anything, it almost there came a point this year where it was starting to hinder me from expressing myself normally oh really i i I take things that i mean all most of my songs are things that happen in my life which is something i'm one thing i've been working on this year to take a step back from that is to write about other people too and that's what i think my next album there's gonna be a lot of it's not so personal personal but like as if i were that person experiencing that right and it just takes it to another level of like putting yourself in different shoes and then painting a picture in those shoes. Because yeah. for the most part, I've been painting it. I mean, yeah. even Songbird, I'm still the bird, you know? It's yeah. still. And yeah, a lot of my songs are very. I mean, they're all honest and they come from pretty intense places. And the people who know me best are sometimes like, whoa. That's what's been going on. <laughs> right. Or like I have a song called Bad to Myself and it's on the new record and a, a lot of people like that one because of its brutal honesty. Uh, it's about realizing that you're in such a bad, dark place. Like you, you like usually like when you're in a bad spot, you're kind of ignorant to it for a little yeah. bit. And then when you hit when it re, when you realize it you're like oh wow <laughs> oh god i got to yep. something's got to yeah. change but then the song is about like realizing i got to get up i should get up yeah 
And then the end of the song is realizing, okay, I'm going to get up tomorrow. Right. You know, so it's, it's that, that circle. And it's like my I'm, my family is very honest, but you know, when like my parents heard that song, they were like, "Holy shit." And then it and then it I realized, "All right, this is my job and this is my career and it is now Was it that quick for you? I mean, you, yeah. you wrote a couple songs, you go, "Okay, I want to do this. I can do this." Um, so, are you, I mean, you would call yourself full-time musician right now, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my yeah, people ask me that, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm living on couches. Yeah, this is all I'm focusing on right now. I, yeah, if if I if I could have a place and if I could have stability, that would be really awesome, but I'm not at a point, and a lot of people are in the same boat where with your art, like not just musicians, but visual artists, you have to either be like, okay, I'm going to do this full time Mm. and live like shit, or I'm going to do it kind of half time, but then I can't leave the place I'm at. You can't truly take that risk. And and I understand both sides. I, I and I completely respect both sides and I'm, you know, who knows, like maybe a year from now I'll be, in one spot and not touring as True. much, yeah. but I think everyone with the you know with the means and the in the connections. <clears throat> and by connections, I mean if you can reach out to people across the country and be yeah. like, "Can I crash on your couch?" Yeah, you might as well give it a try. You you totally um, should. And what what a lot of this podcast Cedar Rapids music scene has been about over the last year. I mean, the Cedar Rapids scene in general is is a is this cover band dominated world where there are still original artists out there trying to trying to do it. It's and hard. It's so hard and, and I think what what is misunderstood sometimes about a cover band is that, you know, a lot of these cover bands have done I've I personally have done what you're doing now. I, I yeah. spent the time trying to make it and make it in quotations, you know, trying to make a career out of music and not having a place to live and not having much money and seeing if I could do it. But then, you know, I consciously made a choice to say, okay, it's not working for me. I'm I'm now in the real world as an adult, but I still want to play music. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's where we, we it's, it's so cool to hear that you're, you're still, you're in that scene. It takes me back to that. I'm all in, like, I'm going to go for this and yeah. I'm gonna see what happens, you know? And, and you being young, having a lot of friends, having talent. I mean, you've got all the tools, and now it's just a matter of just seeing what happens, right? And it's all, there's this whole other, and that's what this year really taught me. Um, You can make as many connections as you Mm -hmm. can, which this whole year, you know, we don't have a label, we don't have an agent, we don't have management. But there comes a certain level where I'm at where... Anything higher, you have to have one of those three. Do you think you've you've hit this like ceiling of sorts? <laughs> yes, because there being are an just... Iowa musician. You've kind of done. You put out three. You're, you're on your third albums out. Yeah. You've played a, a lot of great venues, and I mean, like you you just did a your CD release show was the Angler Theater, I think. Yeah. Nearly sold that out. Sold that out. I mean, like pretty darn. It's that's a hard theater to get a ton of people in, but. and we we didn't we closed out the balcony so right. that way you oh, know yeah. the, the downstairs would feel full yeah. and but 
there's there's just a certain um for for any musician there's just a certain like there's level you know say level one and then level two and to get to level two to get those kind of shows someone else has to be doing the and emailing they for get you paid for it too mm-hmm. and the, and I understand why there's that next level of the industry yeah you know if you want to get those kind of shows sort of there has to bit. be yeah, or, or it, and it just, I, I see that level, and I've been playing with a lot of amazing bands who, who are at that level, and and I ask them, I'm like, what, like what, what got you this? And they say, it's after I met my manager, yeah. after I met the label, after the agent wanted to work with us, but getting in front of those people right. is really hard. Just think how many people are out there trying to do it. Trying to do it. So this year was learning that you know you can you can play almost two hundred shows this year. Yeah. You can play around the country. You can play you, you twice. You around the world by the way this year. Yeah, you yeah. you can play twice over in Europe and still there are just certain shows, certain venues, right. certain certain things that cannot be attained without the business aspect. Yeah. And so um, that's been it's been a year of learning about how that all works. So is that something that you go for now? I mean, do you try to that's, obtain a manager and a label? And a, um, yeah, I'm tr- I'm trying to. Yeah. Uh, there's probably it, no blueprint for that, really. Anyway, is there? Right? Like, oh, here's how you get a booking agent and a, no, and a great label. It, I mean, it's it's all about timing, and uh, you do have to get to the bigger cities. Um, yeah. Even even Chicago, Minneapolis, like they're big cities where people are looking to in the Midwest. It's not just New York and L.A. Yeah. and. Uh, I've also. You know, through this year of learning that you have to have that other aspect um, to really, you know, go as far as I, I, I personally want to go. It's really draining doing all doing all the you booking do it all yourself and um, putting another thing that gets really draining is not only after you book the show, you've got to let people know. And if you had an agent or PR, they'd be doing that for you. They'd and do that for you. You when focus you feel on writing songs, and they'll yeah. do all that for you. And when you feel like you're selling yourself to even your your friends, mm-hmm. where you're like, oh yeah, I've got a, a show on Saturday, you're not selling yourself, but it feels like you yeah. are. Yeah. And there's this constant layer of it, it kind of creates. Well, it doesn't actually create a dissonance, but because you feel guilty. You get this dissonance yeah. in your head, and you know that's why a lot of artists are, you just get depressed. And um, it's a real thing. Uh, yeah, doing all the booking. Uh, I, I wish there was a a better system. Um, I, I I'm not the only, and not only original acts like cover bands too. Anything. I have it's tough. Any any person out there trying to just play some stuff in front of people I respect and it's hard for all of us to get a show yeah. like I mean, like if you can think of the first show you got booked that you act that it wasn't just someone being like oh hey do you, do you want to play yeah, that you actively wanted that you actually 
it's it's if you think about those shows it's it's crazy and it's hard and after the first few happen you're you just swallow all pride and you're like i've got to just i've got to sell myself in person via email via social media 24 7 yeah 24 7 and at the end of this year i had to take a step back and be like okay what are you saying like yeah you're putting yourself out there constantly. Who are you at this point? Yeah. All you're, you're doing is something. putting yourself out there. Yeah. Who who are you? Who are you now? And so I had this exist like I was at the YMCA <laughs> earlier and I was like walking on this treadmill and I was like, Oh my god, yeah, that's what the next album should be about. It should be about other people's experiences and it should be about kind of finding yourself yep. again. Yep. Um yeah. Well, you probably experienced that. I, I, our band has been done good about divvying up duties so that that's awesome. We're that's... now we're a four person band that you handle this, you handle this, mm-hmm. I handle this, and strictly no cross mingling. You, we respect you. Do what you're going to do on that. It's great. <laughs> but still, even just like I'm social media guy, right? That's that's all I do. I handle that. But I, I always go through that uh, that big letdown after a big show. You know what? Like yeah. you should be really. Do you get that? You should be oh, really yeah. excited that this show went off great, and all your hard work and all your advertising like got people to show, and it went so well. But I always get depressed. It's afterwards. a come down. It's a it's a come down. It's the playing. It's the being on stage part. That's the high. That's yeah. you finally oh, that's got these people for. in the room. You're finally on stage. You're playing. What is fun to you? And people are engaged. You know, if it's a show you worked hard for, mm-hmm. ho- hopefully there's at least even one person in the audience who's like, yeah. fuck yeah, I love the song, yeah. <laughs> Saying the words. Yeah, and yeah. afterwards, sometimes, you know, that high continues, hopefully. But after after the show comes breaking down the yeah. stuff. Yeah. There comes the... For me, I have to go straight to the merch stand yeah, and then of course. start selling myself yeah. in the way I don't like. And no, I shouldn't say selling myself because there are there's also the other aspect of the merch stand where people just come up to you and they just want to tell you. even if they're gonna buy something or not, they just and even if they are buying a vinyl, they're like, I really, really loved this. Would you sign this? And that's really great. Yeah. And that's special. I want to show their, their appreciation for your presence of what you've been doing. Yeah. And you've yeah. probably maybe been there on the opposite side of something where you've met oh somebody. You've been like, yeah. ah, I love you yeah. so much. That was so good. Yeah. You know? People we play with yeah. even. Like we, I finally meet them at Soundcheck <laughs> and I I try my best yeah. to not like freak out in front of them. But still. But still, it's like I played at this band Valley Queen over at Raccoon Motel, and I found them on YouTube and was smitten. And now they've been doing some awesome stuff. I mean, they've done a tiny desk, right. you know, all oh, the bucket yeah. list stuff. And when I finally met them and saw them live, it was. And then they said the the song I first found on YouTube was their song "Hold on You." And I told them that. I was like, this is the first song. I listened to it probably a thousand times. <laughs> yep. It was one of my top songs last year. And then they dedicated the song to me. You're and like, I was just is like, is this real life right now? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. But yeah, there's just this 
this other aspect where I don't like handling the money. I'm right. not good with money. Like in all aspects of right. being good at money, I'm not. And if somebody comes up to buy a vinyl, you're like, oh, you just pay half price for that or yeah, something. Yeah, like, because then care. you feel guilty about taking their money, <laughs> right. but at the same time, you're like, oh, yeah, this yeah. money helps me not have to fucking stay in right. my parents' guest room all the time. You know, <laughs> right. like yeah, and I, I think podcasts like this, and I think people being honest in general is the best way to be. I think the whole facade of, you know, cause a lot of people they'll be like, wow, you're really like, you're living the dream right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Ireland for yeah. It's like, and- yes, yes, I, I am. I'm doing stuff that no matter what I am thankful for, but I think also letting musicians who are, trying to do what I'm also doing right now and they're at a level where they have questions it's good to be honest and be like yeah I am doing (laughs) this but I'm also but I also I'm crashing on my brother like last week it's like I crashed on uh, my boyfriend's parents couch crashed on my brother's (laughs) couch crashed on my best friend's couch you don't even know what and ended the night and then ended the week parents guest room yeah and all of those people are doing it because they want to help right. me out. And that's fucking rad. That, that's, a, that's a load on your shoulders, though, too, don't you think? Just But then them, being uh, in all these people's houses and being like, thank you so much. And then and you're sincerely you're, thankful, yeah. but you constantly have to be... Um, Polite about it and engaging. And, yeah, and there's yeah. no moment where you can just be completely drained and be like... It's a little bit of an uh, eggshell situation right? that you're stepping carefully and you're yeah. not trying to be... Uh, Pleasant house guest. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, yeah. If you, if you're going to be couch surfing and you know, we can't afford hotels. Like I, I brought the full, band, full band out coming with you. and I can't afford it. I can do it a couple times right. when we need to, but, uh, the, probably the best time on tour that we had where we actually felt human again was when we were in Seattle and, my pa- one of my parents' friends, half of their house, the Airbnb. Oh, yeah. And they weren't even there. So we had, like, an entire house to ourselves. We were, I was playing Everybody drums. Someone <laughs> was playing my guitar. Like, we were being silly and having fun and also just being gross humans. Yep. And then we left Seattle, and we were like, oh, my gosh, we're real people again. Yeah. Because <laughs> we didn't... There, there was no having to, having to have to do stuff. It was just, we're gonna watch Netflix. <laughs> we're gonna order some Forget Thai that food. We're a band at this point. Yeah, we're gonna fuck around on our instruments, yep. but not actually try. Nope. This is not a practice. This is just us being silly. We're gonna go on a hike. We're gonna like see some fucking mountains yep. and. Bam, and it was. You bring up a great point, though. Like a lot of people, a lot of people probably view what you're doing right now as like super glamorous, but I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's nowhere near glamorous. Like, oh, I just want to go on tour so bad. We've all been there where we then we got on tour. We're like, whoa, this is what tour is because this is terrible. This is a I lot of this. this is a lot of gas station peanuts. Yeah, that's right. But but don't you think there's you're always there's always someone that's got something that you want to obtain. You know, like, to yeah. some people, maybe starting to write songs is looking at you going, wow, 
she's got three really amazing sounding albums and she's been playing shows and getting recognition and then you're there going man i really wish i could just get that label so that i could start getting into some of those shows and then those people are going i oh, mean i wish i could headline something someday and you yeah. know like, like there's always going to be a next step there always is and that's why a lot of you know the the end of this tour was a lot of driving and it was a lot of just time to mm-hmm. think about all of it and yeah there there was definitely like i didn't i i was i've always been a pretty driven person like when i thought i wanted to be a teacher i was like i'm gonna graduate Clearly. early i'm gonna do my shit but then i that's translated into music now and I understand that what, like, what I'm doing now, even if I thought about it a year from now, and a friend of mine was like, do you think the stuff you've done, you would even have guessed you would be doing? And I would say, fuck no. Right. And then I take a step back again, and I'm like, no, I should, I am, like, so thankful. I'm thankful for... I remember how excited and nervous I was when you and when Luke was like, I'm bringing in the best guys around for this song. You know, I was... I, I remember, like, when you walked in and when Joel walked in, I was so nervous. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, e- like, a song like that, singing a song with, you know, yeah, Will. Yeah, Will Whitmore, right? You know, I wrote a duet and Will sang on it. It's like... Well, and you told me that. I think you said that, like, you wrote it, like, kind of hoping that he would do it, but assuming he wouldn't do it. And yeah. And he was like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, wait, you are going to sing with me on an album? Yeah, there's um, there's a lot to be thankful for, and if I also... If it all today, you can be very proud of what you did. But, yes. But, but you're I'm, also not done. No, and I, um, any, anything I have done or any connection I have made, I want my, one of my favorite parts of this is helping other people out. Right. Even in like the, hey, I've never played Iowa City before, and I can be like. Where should I play? Well, I'm an assistant booking agent at the mill, also there's Gabe's, there's Trumpet Blossom. Oh, you're trying to play up in Cedar Falls. Please check out the octopus. Yeah. Tell them I sent you their way. Like, just... You're, there's uh, no pretentious stuff going on here. Like, you're no. just like, I, we're all in this together. No. Let's figure it out. We've, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think even, you know, you hopping on that song despite being busy, you gave me a chance by doing that. Yeah. Like, it... I and even you know Luke Tweedy giving yeah. me a chance. I would I I know for a fact I wouldn't be where I am without without Flat his help. Black and Luke. I mean, because he essentially I think he your first album you didn't re- that self titled one you you just kind of did that on your own, right? No, it was, was that at Luke's I was studio? one of the first people. So I wrote a few songs and then I emailed Luke Tweedy and I was like, because my best friend at the time well at the time my best friend was working at white rabbit okay right and she was like yeah my boss's um partner yeah yeah courtney um like luke is starting this like thing was that when he was gonna have the new one i was like the the second person out there and so i emailed him and i was like hey i've got a couple songs i know i'll have like way more by november 
can I record out there? And he was like, who the fuck are you? Sure, though. He was like, you don't understand anything about the business, but okay. I'd like to cut and an then, album with you. You're like, like what? Yeah. Cut an album? Talking about it. And then I got out there, and pretty much the morning of the first day, he, yeah. having someone who didn't know me as a friend or as family be engaged, I was like, right. oh, wow. And then he also told people about it. It helps people help me get people like you and like Will and like Joel to play on songs. And didn't he kind of help uh, establish your your band that you have right now as well, or at least get you introduced with some people? Um, let me think. I or maybe push you to to try to find a band. Yeah. So he didn't push. He didn't introduce me to the people I have now. However, he he did say. And I, he was like, all right, if you want to have a band, you've got to find people who will commit to you, oh, not yeah. only with shows, but with practice. Yeah. And it was having someone else say that, because I was feeling that way too, but when someone else says, hey, you got to you know, do this, right. it, it helps you do it. Reinforces um, it, solidifies your original thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, so... You know, and I always tell people to go out there, record, and it's one of the best spots yeah. in Iowa. Um, and it's it's just it's he's a great guy. He's a great engineer. It's a great spot. He's extremely affordable. Yeah. I mean, there's some great studios around here, but I think it's nice to have somebody that can like you found uh, a person that you can work well with, and that can that can push you. That's not going to judge you for what you're doing because going in the studio is hard, especially if you had just just recently kind of wrote some songs yeah I, that's tough in, in itself and now you're gonna go in a studio and record them like that's an intimidating yeah. process and it 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 was but in a an inspiring yeah, way right the, the ways it could be intimidating in a bad way it, it wasn't yeah um and my friends can vouch like i was always so excited do, after. do you still get kind of high off the studio experience um the last time i was in there Yes and no, but that was because I was starting to not feel well. Oh, okay. But I didn't. I couldn't cancel it because right. I couldn't afford to cancel Yeah, you're like, uh, um, I got this booked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm doing the, the girls rock thing next Friday. Yeah, tell us about that. And I, I started working. It's this Friday, right? It's the. Uh, the 21st. Okay. Um, I started working with Girls Rock this summer in Des Moines and Iowa City. Is that just a what? Is that just an organization? It's a music camp for um, girls, non-binary yeah. kids who. Uh, most of it's music, but a lot of it is about uh, just empowering young kids and giving creative. them tools. Yeah. Uh, to you know, process their emotions. Yeah. I never got that as a kid. And when I started working there and I was like a guitar instructor, I was like, wow, I wish there was something like this when I was a kid. Right. And I think continuing to have things like this is important. And I'm like, I'm just really happy that I'm in a position now where I can have a show have all the money and go to something like that. Some legitimate money. And I can also have an open mic at the beginning where, you know, people who maybe don't always... Because, like, 
Me four years ago, I never really had an opportunity to express myself Mm -hmm. and giving people a little, even like five minutes to do that. It's really important. And, um, I'm happy that I can do that now. Um, so that's the, that's going to be at the mill. That's the fundraiser on the 21st. Yeah. And then, but you're also doing something in Cedar Rapids at Lion Bridge on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's just, that's a, yep. And that's a solo, solo show, um, free to the public. It's like like a holiday type thing. Yeah. It's like five to eight. I'll do a lot of Christmas songs. Um, my partner, he's a really great piano player and he's going to do like some Charlie Brown Christmas stuff and it'll, it'll be, it'll be very chill. Awesome. I'm going to go. Sweet. What about, um, so you said you, you, you help with booking at the mill. Let's say I'm an original Vaguely. artist. What do you mean? <laughs> well, so when I originally got the job, um, I wanted to be booking minimum five yeah. shows a month. Yeah. For yourself or well, just other for, shows? Like it was, I wanted five days out of the month to be me yep. helping put up shows for yep. other people. And I got really overwhelmed with booking my own shit that I probably do like one a month now. But they have someone else, you know, as a part of the team who does it too. So, so, so if I'm a, if I'm a solo artist, I'm an original band, I'm, I'm, I'm just a musician and I want to try to get into Iowa city. What what are, what are the, what are the best places to play in Iowa city and, and, and the how to get some shows or get in front of the right people in Iowa city, the mill being one of them. The mill. I mean, I started going to that Mill's open a, mic. Mill's an aw- mill has been around forever. Yeah, that was and the first the, time I ever did an open mic was at the mill. Yeah, and it was amazing. And the and the the guy running the booking there, I mean, he's booking Mission Creek, yeah. Wishing Hour. He's yeah. the Inglert. Um, you know, I I got my first show at the mill because, you know, someone like that was at the mill at the open mic and was like oh oh yeah you know there there are people at that open mic listening you know Mm -hmm. and the bartender like if if they see someone busting their ass and if they see someone bringing in a decent amount of people especially they're gonna tell their manager that's (laughs) yeah yeah we've harped on that from day one is like if you're an artist and you're somewhere again it goes back to like the selling yourself you have to be the nicest possible person you can be. Yeah, you can't. To also all don't staff be a members, dick. yeah, don't be a fuck. And don't tip your bartender. And tip them. Like <laughs> yeah. even if if they're like, check it out, you get to play tonight, and we're gonna pay you fifty bucks, and you get a free bar tab. Turn around and give twenty dollars of that to your bar staff, and they will remember that. Because yeah. there are people. There used to be a place up in Cedar Falls called the Hub. Mm-hmm. Our singer's wife was a bartender there. She would tell us nightmare stories. About these big artists come in and they're like, "Where the fuck's my drink?" and should be Jesus. free. You're like, really? <laughs> I, I hope I, I hope people I know never get to that point because like it's it's still about relationships and treating people right and having people yeah. like you as a person even more than as an artist, you know. And as a and if like advice to any musician playing a show at a venue where venues should give you free drinks and if they don't. Even at least one. And if they don't, it is not your bartender's fault. Yes, 100%. Like, do not they kill the messenger. Like, <laughs> they, yeah, they're probably getting underpaid, too. You Like, don't even, yeah. I heard uh, yacht clubs no longer. Is that a thing in Iowa City? 
or it sold. Somebody else it's, bought it. Yeah, I um, I need to figure. I've been gone for so long. I need. You, to, you don't even know Iowa City anymore. You're just like what? Well, the- I know something's <laughs> happening with Yacht Club. I. Oh, I probably shouldn't say this. You but don't like, have to. <laughs> we can cut it. <laughs> I never liked Yacht Club. Yeah. I. Uh, it was it was a vibe. I mean, Iowa City's interesting enough to have each <laughs> kind of venue sort of had different styles. And it wasn't and there's there's like bartenders were always chill. The sound the sound technician was always doing their best, but the room sucked. It's a weird room because there's a in bunch the of holes in the middle down there, man. Low ceilings. And- no, it was, yeah, it was just it is not a it is not a space that is gonna make it sound good and if you're a a band where you just want it to be loud and grungy and in a basement hell yeah hell yeah but also just do it in a basement basement. don't have someone take a fee on top of it right if that's what you're trying to do and because there are other venues in town that will give you the sound that you want if you're going to be paying a venue because also advice to Newer artists, is if you want to book a show, great. But if if you want to book somewhere that's like a, a venue venue, yeah. th- there's a fee. There is. And it, there's only a fee because they have to pay the sound technician yep. and the door guy yep. or door person. And if that's who, that's the kind of show you want, you know, it's minimum probably like a hundred and fifty, a hundred dollars. Yeah. It's usually like a percentage, mm-hmm. right? Like a ten percent or twenty percent. Yeah, cut. it depends. Some places it's just a flat fee because they'll pay their sound technician a yeah. hundred no matter so what. This is what we're gonna right. pay them. We're gonna take this off the top, and then you get the rest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's another piece of advice to starting musicians: if you want to book a show, totally do that. Yeah. But have or re- realize that. When all is said and done with ticket sales, yeah. there's X amount that will be taken off to yeah. compensate the people who helped the show go well. Also, tip, no matter what, do not be a dick to the sound technician. No. <laughs> that, that sh- I think that's rule <laughs> number one. And that is. Really quick number right three. there. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I... <laughs> I have seen, I have witnessed other musicians not be nice. And guess and what happens? The sound technician will be worse. Yeah, like, <laughs> they, this is they, the gatekeeper here yeah, to yeah. Make sound good. You do not mess with them. Yeah. That's like messing with your with your cook at a restaurant. Uh, yeah. Like, you don't do that. When I hear people do that over the mic, like, on stage, like, guess I'll just do it. It's like, oh, God, don't, don't say, say things that. like that. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like gut-wrenching. <laughs> yeah, even if, you know, something... I've had to have something fixed during a set. Of course, and, be, yeah. and you just say, hey, could I just get some more, could I get a little less vocal in the monitor? Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. say thank you in the mic. Right. Then everyone knows that it's not a big fucking deal. I'm not, right. I'm not very good at this, but Jerry in our band is a seasoned vet. and I mean, he's been a full-time musician for a long time. When he walks into a venue, he goes, hey, sound guy, I'm Jerry. What's your name? Oh, my name's Scott. Scott, so good to meet you. And he will remember Scott's name for the rest, for the of, rest the of the night. And he will call Scott, Scott to his face. Yeah. And and I'm telling you, like, just knowing people's names sometimes goes a long mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Hey, Scott. 
hey everybody yeah and like give it up for scott our sound guy back there he's doing a hell of a time yeah and that's that's still little things that maybe they who cares but also like it just helps you unsung heroes of the music world is that sound guy pushing buttons and turning up yes. faders at a show 100%. at a show for music he doesn't like, like. but 100 <laughs> right gosh well uh, do we always try to keep these about an hour we've already been talking for an hour oh wow i'm gonna ask you one more thing what's wow. what's a final piece or how about this what what's what's next what are your goals for 2019 2020 um goals are to keep writing um learn I'm learning the piano right now oh, really? and the drums and a little bit of bass. I want to better articulate what I want. Instead of saying, do the boom chick boom, yeah. like you want to go over to the drums and go, this yeah. is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I want to better articulate what I want and I want to get what I want um, business wise. Yeah. I really want to take it to the next level. I'm at a level I never thought I'd be at, yeah. and I'm thankful. But you're hungry still. Yeah. I, don't ever get complacent. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I've 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 got to just keep trying. So, yeah, well, and just just be happy. Uh, yeah, you still got to make hard. time for yourself to be happy, right? Yeah, that's what. Take I want. a time to and actually enjoy what you're doing, right? Yeah, maybe eat a little healthier. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see. What we'll, we'll get. We'll put that low on the list. <laughs> As I'm get drinking there. a beer at like <laughs> right, right. <laughs> 3 p.m. Life of a musician. Yeah. No man. Well, well, I will tell you um, honestly. I think I think you're one of the most talented people I've ever had the pleasure to listen to, to play with, and I'll continue to support you. And I hope everybody else does. Thank you. And I hope everybody goes and checks out Elizabeth Moen all over iTunes, Spotify, maybe you on Spotify, yep. YouTube, all that stuff. Are you on MySpace still? No, Good. I never oh, had one. Sanga you see, that's how young she is. She's never had a MySpace. <laughs> oh no, Jesus! <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's what AJ. You got anything on our little outgoing uh, comments here? Uh, no. You got a show to plug? Uh, no. Damn it! <laughs> I don't man. Uh, oh, no. I don't do anything exciting anymore. I'm becoming a homeowner. You're going to be a homeowner. That is, that is exciting in itself. <laughs> so, You've officially given up. You own a yep, home now. Yep, I've given up. I don't get to go and, and do what she does nope. and, and have, got the, mortgages, have the fun man. stuff. Hey, you know. got a couch I can concussion? I do, yeah. 100%. <laughs> 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100% we do. So you, you, you got a place in Swisher when you come play dance more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go, right? There you go. Or Cedar Ridge. I know Cedar Ridge wants you back, so you can go play there anytime you want. Absolutely. No, just thanks. Thanks for coming in, Liz. Yeah, uh, thank it's, you. It's good to see you again. Uh, and yeah, always excited to be a part of the conversation when I can. So twenty. Woo! We did, although we did say we were going to do this for one year and see if people still liked it. So yeah, this might be the last episode of the year, and then we'll who knows. We'll see. This could be the last episode ever. Yeah. Well, who who knows? Who knows? I'm not. Who I'm knows? just going to keep the keep keep it all open. Mm-hmm. All open I up. know is nobody knows anything, and time isn't real. So. <laughs> There it is. Just, I'm kidding. Nobody knows the thing in time. Is a real. <laughs> we are done. We're awesome. It. All right. Thanks, everybody. See ya.